everybody. Welcome back to Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. I am your host, Mackenzie Horner, here once again with the ever-talented director and extraordinary Canadian B. Arthur, Awesome Smith. That never gets old. It right? never gets old. Did- uh, all the times. <laughs> I love it. You should have that in your bio. Just Autumn Smith director, Canadian B. Arthur. I think I I think I should. Did you hear I- they now have a B. Arthur um, uh, Golden Girls cruise you can go on? Where it's just all gold. There's a Golden Girls themed cruise you can now go on. No. Yes. <gasps> That's magic. Right. I think we need to do that. I we'll sit out on the lanai. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, today we are doing our second uh, Sondheim, technically our third, but really our second full yeah, Sondheim. This like a, yeah, this is a big one. It is, it is. It is. This is the kind of the show that put him on the map. Yes. Really. I mean, this is the show that kind of came out and everybody was like, oh my goodness, who is this brilliant man? Because up to then he had done West Side, he had done Forum and Gypsy, but really, he hadn't really been recognized, and that's something that always irked well, him. Gypsy was quite big. Gypsy was big, but he wasn't recognized because he was only the lyricist. He had yeah. Jules Stein doing the music. He also that's had Ethel Merman stealing the show, and it was um, Jerome Robbins directing. So that's really, true. he was still the, like the bottom man on the totem pole. And so one of the reasons why Ethel uh, brought in Jules Stein was because she didn't trust this young composer to do song and music. That is, yes. That that makes sense. Yeah, that so. makes sense. So this is his first like big breakout. Yes. Here I am. Exactly. I am composing exactly. this. Form had been a comedy. It, it had been funny, but sometimes was never ever really happy with the music for it. He always kind of felt the music was secondary in the show because it's it's because it, form a situation comedy, and he kind of always felt he had to shoehorn a song in oh, well. versus actually writing a genuine character song. Yeah. So this was really his chance to do something really extraordinary with this source material. And you know what he he did? Yeah. It was it was kind of the beginning of I, as I was listening to company I thought who is a comparable for Stephen Sondheim? And the only person I could think of was the satirist William Hogarth who I'm, mm. I I love. Yes. But they both write these scathing Common, like they take and do scathing commentaries on society, right? And people don't really get it, <laughs> no, which is amazing. And if I were to class Sondheim anywhere, I would class him as a satirist, absolutely. Like, especially here when he's taking the piss out of the upper middle class. Well, look at Ladies Who Lunch, right? That's well, like the, the whole anthem. show, yeah, the whole show. He wrote uh, about the upper middle class and upper middle class problems. Yes. Um, basically, to throw it back in the faces of the people who are sitting in the audience. <sighs> Absolutely. And I don't think they got it. No, they That's weren't the best musical. They enjoyed it. That's why they enjoyed <laughs> it. But it's the same. Like, we, we, we've done Merrily. Yes, we have. And Merrily is, Merrily and Sunday in the Park with George are both is satires on the arts Mm -hmm. and and selling out and um what we have to do Mm -hmm. you know woods's satire about uh fairy Fairy tales tales. he just the frogs sweeney taught his satire about revenge yeah like he just it's just he's a great satirist Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't know if he's ever been described that way but i was just listening to him and i'm like 
he reminds me of Hogarth, the way Hogarth could poke fun at things mm -hmm. and people would buy it on a mass scale. Right? Yeah. It was very, it's very mm -hmm. fascinating to think about. And this one of, of all his musicals, I was like, Oh, <laughs> it really comes into play. It's very, it's so, yeah. it's so bloody smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we've kind of hidden the lead because we kind of said what we were doing. We really didn't announce it. We kind of just had a oh. long tirade of the, what the show is. So Autumn, what is the show we oh are my doing? God. You're right. We are doing <laughs> company. Company. Phone in rings door. Company. <laughs> I love it. Phone rings door chimes in comes company. Bobby, 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 Bobby. There's so many Bobbies. I know. You feel like there's a million of them and there's only one. Yeah. It's great. It's fantastic. It's really great. So this is uh, my choice for Sondheim this season because you chose Merrily. We mm -hmm. both chose West Side together, which really wasn't him. It was more everybody else and he was in there. Yeah, he so, was in there. Yeah, but this is this was my first pick of a Sondheim show. Yeah. And I chose it because it's one of my top three Sondheim musicals. Mm. Like it, like my, the top three are always for me: Company, Sweeney, and Into the Woods. Wow, those are my top three Sondheim shows. Wow, I could even say Company is maybe my Ooh. number one. Oh, here we go! Here we go! I, 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 I you've I, heard it here first. Yeah, I think Company is my number one, <laughs> followed closely by. Um, Into the Woods in this one because Sweeney has some songs I'm not a huge fan of Into the Woods oh. the, Act 2 is better than Act 1 and this show just hits me on all cylinders because I can tell you as the single friend in my friend group <laughs> I have always identified with Bobby because like him I have lots of friends both male and female but when it comes to intimate romantic relationships like Bobby not so great in that department so for me, I've always had this weird... It'll come in its own time. Uh, well, exactly. Just like Bobby. It took him 35 That's years. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, this show, like for me, I've always just identified with this piece of work, just with the simple lines, like, um, like are you ever sorry you got married? You're always sorry. You're always grateful. Yeah, like, there there's some there are some brilliant lyrics in yeah. here. Or like or like um the little things you do together. 
which is a, just a list song of all the great things you do together as a, as a married couple. It's like, I've seen people I've married who do these little things together. But it's all an act. It is. It's all, it's really, and that's what's so brilliant about mm-hmm. this piece is I think all of the married people covet what Bobby has. Oh, oh absolutely. Well, so that's, that's the joy of it. Right? Well, well, there's the song that isn't in my top three. But it's definitely up there, and it's um, "Have I Got a Guy for You" or in the new production, "Have I Got a" uh, or, or, or um, "Have I Got a Girl for You"? Yeah, and that's basically the, the either the wives or the husbands, depending on which version of a male or female Bobby you have, talking about how they envy the fact that he gets to go out and sleep with all these different people. And it's Ooh. like, and it's like she knows the Kama Sutra, all these Chinese techniques. Like, like I, oh, like, I know, I know. But it's it's so interesting. Like he tackles the idea of settling so much mm-hmm. in all of his work mm-hmm. that it's like something that is his biggest fear. It is. Well, think about it. He didn't. He said he didn't. He didn't fall in love till he was sixty. Yeah. And he wrote this when he was what in his thirties, forties, I would say. Yeah. So yeah. like he, so he's younger. So, yeah. He, uh, so once again, he's the single guy on the outside looking in at all this, and you gotta gotta wonder what, like what that was like for him, always being the single guy in all these situations. Because Oscar Hammerstein, he was married, had kids, great. Uh, Hal Prince married, had kids. Yeah, that's true. George Firth, I'm. Positive, he was married and had kids. Probably. Um, yeah. But Sondheim also had something else different from them. Was he was gay? Well, he is gay. He is gay. He is so, gay. And like you couldn't get married. No, you absolutely. So especially in the seventies, there's something latent in there yes. about that as well. Mm-hmm. Which I think is neat to have a gay couple in the revival. Yes. That is happening now. Absolutely. Uh, which we'll talk about. We will at, talk about. Probably at nauseum later in this episode. Yeah, because I did see that production when it was originally in the West End. So oh, I did think, you with Rosalie Craig? Yes. Oh. And I can give you firsthand experience of watching that wow. show. And just what it was like to see it. Because I've had some of my friends who, have, who also went to see it uh, who weren't huge fans of the new... Uh, gender swap because because they go it's not it doesn't work but like Bob it like there's there's a whole okay so there's a whole issue with this musical where people can't decide is Bobby a closeted gay man who is like trying to find his way in the world or as Prince Sondheim and Furthervall said he is a single uh, straight heterosexual man in He's New a York. Cat. He's a bit of a, like a cat. Mm-hmm. Like he's just who he is. And Yes. Because there's, people have tried to adapt this to film. Um, William Golding notoriously tried. And his biggest hurdle with them was there's no plot. And his, his plot he wanted to weave in was Bobby coming to terms with, with like his sexuality. And Sondheim mm-hmm. and Prince were very against making Bobby gay. And yeah, so, to me, that's not the story. No, well, it's a story. It's a story about a single person coming to being open enough to have a relationship. That's the yeah. that's that's the story. So and knowing themselves enough to have yes. a relationship. Yeah. So some people think it's about finding your sexuality, and some people go, it's, no, no. It, no, it's just about becoming a more open, giving person to being able to have yeah. a relationship. Don't complicate so. it. Yeah. So that's not the story. Yeah. So that, that's not it. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, so, so, so I know some people who did see the new production where it's like, well, no, the story doesn't work that way. But for me, I, I loved it. I 
the more, the more I've sat back and listened to the cast album and just sat back and looked at the script and went, it's so smart what they did making it a female Bobby. It just adds a whole new layer to it. It is interesting. I, I have to say, we'll get into okay. it. Some of it, some of it I think works really well. Yes. Some of it I challenge. There is one particular moment in the show that I real where I went, this moment really doesn't work with a female Bobby. And I will tell you when we get to it. I can't wait. Um, but in the meantime, why for people who don't know the story of company, because we kind of talked all about it, but people may not know what it we is. Talked around it. Exactly. So basically the plot of this musical is that on the night of his 35th birthday, Robert, aka Bobby struggles to make a wish uh, and blow out his birthday candles. Surrounded by those good and crazy people, his married friends, <laughs> Bobby is uncertain whether he is uh, uh, should be simply happy with his lot in life or whether he should wish for his own romantic partnership and join the Married Friends Club. Uh, so then over a series of dinner parties, first dates, and just thoughtful conversations with his friends, Bobby attempts to understand the pros and cons of marriage from his diverse and and frequent and like frequently hilarious group of people he they're has funny. around. They're, they're, they're very funny. They're um, funny. And ultimately he begins his own um look back at his um life as a persistent bachelor and how he's gonna move forward in life with it. So it's really this exploration of a it really is an exploration of a single man trying to figure out do I want okay a relationship? With it. Yeah, because yeah. some people never get married, and that's a okay in in the world. Yeah, and why is why should we judge that? Mm-hmm. That's a a lot of people don't get married. Yes, that's a choice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for all we know, for years down there, Bobby Bobby becomes common law with someone, and that's okay for him. I've known I've known quite a few people yeah. who are common law, and they are common law for over twenty years together. There's nothing wrong with that. No, like that's that's the beauty of this world we live in and it's just fascinating it really is a fascinating show that you can pick apart yeah it uh, is it, there's yeah. there's so many layers to this right yeah mm-hmm. now Autumn, oh, yeah. Do, you, do you have a favorite married couple in the show um no i like all of them i think they're i think they're all great i mean i'm i love joanne just yes because she takes the piss out of everybody um <laughs> at the end of the show yes um including herself she does right we'll actually get into that song because that um, one is in my top three yeah it's in my top three too yay, yay we have a match i do have to uh, say that that was yeah. a swipe right everyone <laughs> <laughs> which is so exciting well as we kind of talked about off mic we do have a a lot of the production team covered yeah we've we've covered most of them i mean we can give a rundown of who we'll, we'll did what. The, we'll we'll talk about uh, Stephen Sondheim, known for many musicals. Yes, <laughs> probably the great musical theater, American musical theater Absolutely. writer. I'm going to say like international theater yeah. writer. People, I'm sorry, he's, yeah, he's beloved. Uh, Baron Lloyd Webber. And, oh, comparing Lloyd Webber to Sondheim is apple to orange. Everybody else, yeah, um, except for uh, Aaron Zimplerity, I, I quite love him, but. <laughs> Uh, Sondheim, different. He's yeah. a satirist of the musical theater world and yes. genius in doing it. Many have called him before his time. Absolutely. Um, and he, he wrote such uh, little um, musicals as Sweeney Todd, Follies, Sunday in the Company, Park, Sunday in the Park with George, Into the Woods, The Frogs, The Frogs. 
personal favorite right there. <laughs> uh, Little Night Music. Uh, George Firth wrote the book. And, yeah. of course, they collaborated on the um, less popular but more brilliant <laughs> Merrily We Roll Along. <laughs> exactly. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably just because I relate to it more. There you go. So there you go. I, I gave it an mm-hmm. out Because this is also very brilliant. It is. Um, and Hal Prince. Um, who we've talked about at nauseum <laughs> this season. To, uh, about, yes, at, at nauseum. He has come um, up quite a bit. He directed it, although Anthony Perkins was approached to direct it. but then, it, He originally wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about him because uh, I have him in my production history. Amazing. But, but yeah, that's kind of it. Like there's Prince, mm-hmm. uh... Uh, thought it would be a good musical, so yeah. they, you know, stole it from Perkins. They, they stole it. <laughs> they stole it away. Ah. Is that such um, a bad thing in the situation where we got this musical? No. I mean, I would love to. So, so basically, I think we now can segue into production history. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So this project actually started in the late '60s when George Firth wrote Eleven One Acts. That's right. Which is something I've been dying to get my hands on as those original one acts because. Yeah. I think they'd be great scene studies. If you did like an acting class, give those out to people. Cause they're, cause they're three hander scenes, right? Like yeah. there's the couple plus the third wheel. So it's fantastic. So George Worth wrote these 11, one acts and Anthony Perkins was, was interested in directing it. Mm-hmm. And Perkins was the one who asked Sondheim to read the material. And oh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah. And Sondheim read the plays and he asked his friend, Mr. Prince, Mr. Hal Prince, uh, for his opinion. And Prince thought the plays would make the great basis for a musical. So. So Perkins kind wrote of, himself out of that. He did. He absolutely did. They kind With of, the gift of empathetic sharing. Yeah. Oh, Aww, poor guy. Um, poor guy. So basically, um, the first big issue they had to tackle was how to merge these 11 one acts into one seamless story. Bobby, Bobby, baby. Well, exactly it. And it was <laughs> Hal Prince who suggested turn that outside third person of the scenes into the overarching character who's kind of weaving their way through all That's these. Great, yeah, it's great. All, the, all these relationships. And it's like, doy, like, what else could you possibly do? Like, that works perfectly. So the character did become... Bobby, a.k.a. Robert. Mm-hmm. And so the musical theme, according to Prince, as they begin work, was to be about New York marriages, the central character, Bobby, examining those marriages. And then the musical was comprised of separate scenes. Really, there's no true plot line. It's kind of just vignettes with a theme. Right. Company became, in my opinion, the first plotless musical, which at the time was revolutionary. Yeah. Up to then, up to then, you'd always had a very clear trajectory of uh, of plot. Like even in chorus line, which is very close to this, but there is a plot of everybody has to audition to try and get in the chorus of the show. Right. Company, on the other hand, the plot is really more of a theme. It's married people versus single person. How do they weave their way through that? Like. But in that, don't you think that's a plot device? It's a plot device, but it really isn't like a fleshed out plot as we'd see in like other musicals, like a Fiddler or an Oklahoma or a West Side where it's a really drawn up plot because these characters don't really change. Like except for maybe um, there's the one couple that gets divorced but then stays together yeah. and, and the one and the, and the usually Peter and Susan. Peter and Susan and Peter kind of hits on Bobby and that's kind of the one moment of, Oh, is Peter gay? Like, 
what's going on. That's the one moment where there's a little bit of a character change. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Harry and Sarah. They stay the same. They stay the same. Joanne, she stays the same. There's no growth to her. And Bobby really doesn't have growth until the very end. Throughout the rest of the show, he's kind of plundering along yeah. with his single life. There really isn't much growth. And usually in those plot line, like Tevia, all throughout from there on the roof, is continually growing and evolving and from shifting and, and learning shifting. Exactly. And, yeah, there's a certain, uh, yeah, you're right. There's a, uh, we'll, we, we'll talk about it uh, uh, later, but I, the monotony of this mm-hmm. is very reflective of that upper middle class. Absolutely. And they did that. They showed that really well in the TikTok ballet when they did the um, uh, yeah. revival in London. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. So anyway, company opened in Boston uh, in, with out of town tryouts and actually received mixed reviews. It wasn't the big hit right off the top. Variety's reviewer wrote, the songs are for the most part undistinguished. And as it stands now. The show is for ladies, matinees, homos, and misogynists. What? Say that again. Variety's reviewer wrote, the songs uh, are for the most part undistinguished, and as it stands now, the audience for this play is for ladies, matinees, homos, and misogynists. Interesting. Right? So they didn't get it at first, or, or at least they weren't receptive to it at in Boston. Because <laughs> this is a very New York show, so unless you understand New York, you may not get what this show is. I don't know, but ladies, so basically matinees, old people, yeah, like the old matinee homos. Ladies. Yeah, some I so, and massage, so someone yeah. actually wrote that. Yes, they did. Is this a mo- this is was one of the original reviews, right? Yes, yeah, okay. when it first ever came <laughs> oh out. God. So. This is the first ever time tryout reviews, too. So they, they hadn't ironed everything out yet. Like, the um, little things didn't come in until much later in the previews. It's the little things you do together, do together, do together, that make perfect relationships. The hobbies you pursue together, savings you accrue together, looks you misconstrue together, that make marriage a joy. When Elaine Stritch kind of went up to Sondheim and Prince kind of said, can I have another number? And they went, oh, okay. Yeah. As she talks about in her um, one woman show that she did, uh, Elaine at Liberty. Yeah, yeah. And she talks about that experience of having, of, of her mom being like, you should have another number. And she went to them and asked and sure enough, they gave her the little things. God I, bless them. Right? And God bless her for asking. Right? Because it's a great song. Take um, that, all you misogynists who come <laughs> see the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the musical itself actually did open on Broadway on April 26th, 1970 at the Alvin Theater. Mm-hmm. The, class, the cast actually included Dean Jones as Bobby. Dean had actually uh, replaced Anthony Perkins in early rehearsal periods when Perkins departed to direct another play. So there you go. Uh, Elaine Stritch came on as Joanne. It was one of her first big breakout Broadway roles that she would go on to do worldwide. Uh, Then there was Beth Howland as Amy and Donna McKechnie as Mm -hmm. Kathy. Donna McKechnie. Right? Fantastic. Chorus line. Yes. Everything. So good. Oh, so good. I love Donna McKechnie. Very underrated. In my Very, opinion. yeah. She also gets forgotten among the big names of Broadway compared yeah, to other which people. Is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, crazy. 
the production itself uh, ran for 705 performances after seven previews. So not a huge run. It wasn't like the Fiddlers where it was like 1,000 runs. It was like 700. So it kind of just went along. But that's pretty good for a satire. A satire and in the 70s when Broadway was technically dying, as they said. Yeah. Um, so oh, um, according to uh, Elaine Stritch's recollections during one of the previews, uh, during the song The Little Things, she actually forgot the lyrics. And she got so uh, flustered, she just stuck her hands in her mouth and panicked on stage. And so the next day, Hal called her in half an hour early before the before the other before all the other all, like all the other actors got to the theater, and he she thought, "Oh God, I'm being fired! Like this is it! Like my, my career, career is, is done." Done, and he just he talked to her, and he gave her confidence, and just said, "You can do it. I don't ever want to see you put your hands in like your mouth again, and get out there and nail it." So I love it. she did, but. You can see, but that's just a fun little behind-the-scenes story. I love of that. so the set of the show was designed by uh, Boris uh, Aronson. Oh, cool! And the set was really neat because it consisted of two working elevators and a vertical platform that oh, emphasized that. the musical theme of isolation. Oh, it's neat! Also, because of the elevator, that the word "love" in the title song is held for so damn long. We time it out to get up and down the elevator so that's why like love just goes and goes and goes it's I not in it. and nobody <laughs> like even though the elevator is long gone from the production in the revivals nobody's shortened up that note it stayed that long well it's, held it's note. also it's also an important word love yes if absolutely you're single like there's many yes. different forms of love absolutely but- yeah, uh, yeah, they, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I like it as a device, but I like it even more not as, as yeah. a device. Uh, right? Yeah. Um, so there actually was a little bit of um, kerfuffles after the show did open. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones actually withdrew from the show uh, due to reported illness. But actually, it was due to his belief that the show was so uh, nihilistic, it spurred on his ongoing divorce proceedings. So he was really having personal life struggles playing Bobby and facing singlehood as he's getting divorced. So he actually had to leave. Oh my God, and that's um, right. And do you know who came in and replaced him? No. Larry Kurt, the original Broadway Tony. Somebody hold me too close. Somebody hurt me too deep. Somebody sit in my chair and ruin my sleep. And make me aware of being alive, being alive. Oh my God, that's amazing. He came in and Kurt Irved rave reviews, so much so um, that in the very unusual move, the Tony committee actually deemed Kurt the one eligible for a nomination. Wow. Um, which is usually which is usually an honor just reserved for the uh, originating Original person. person yeah. So normally it would have been Dean Jones, but the people at the Tony uh, committee just felt Kurt earned that spot. So there you go. Um, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a, there's been a lot of really interesting Bobby. I have a list of the names like, right here who we've uh, had. I, 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 we've had Oscar winner in film Bernardo from West Side Story, George Shakiris. Yeah. Dated, I believe it was in the West End. 
uh, that he did it. And then you have Neil Patrick Harris, who did, so you did have it in Bernardo concert. and Tony. Right? Both playing Bobby. Well, isn't that just a cool little That's tidbit? That's funny. Daniel said Neil Patrick Harris did it with the New York, New York Philharmonic when they did it in concert. Yeah, and I love Neil Patrick Harris. Right? He can do no wrong. Uh, <laughs> In, in my eyes. He, he, he was a very interesting Bobby. And I liked what they did in the concert where he was always in the single armchair and everybody else was always in the uh, well, love seats. those moving love seats. Well, moving were... love seats, but if you notice, he was always in the single chair until the very end of the show when they cut to him after everybody's yeah. left his condo and you see him sitting in the love seat with that spotlight on the other chair with the, the person next to him being like, he's open and ready for somebody to come sit he's with ready. him. He hasn't, ready. he hasn't been there before. He wants to be alive. Yes. <laughs> and then the other big name we've had is um, Raul Esperanza. 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 Who uh, and he did the he did he did the um, revival where they all played instruments. And he people a lot of people know him because he spent the last six years on Law and Order SVU. And he did. He did. He played he played ADA Rafael Barba. Wow, I I love Raul Esparza. He was really good on Law and Order. Like he was a great ADA. He he can sing. He, he was like if I'm looking for someone yeah. to sing me to sleep, it's him. Raul like his Esparza. version of being alive at the Tonys, where oh he's playing God. the piano, so good. Somebody crowned me with love. Somebody forced me to care. Somebody let me come through. I'll always be there, as frightened as you. To help us survive Being alive Being alive Being alive Yeah. So good. Adrian Lester played this in the West End Revival. There you go. John Barrowman played yep. it. I'm not a huge John Barrowman mm-hmm. fan. That's just me. Right. I find him just a little bit too, um, <laughs> what is the word I want to use? Uh, performative. Mm, a little bit too schmackty. Yeah. He's a little too schmackty for mm. me. But some of these other ones are great. Right. And, and then we and also have Joanne. To our female you know, Bobbies. We come to our female Bobbies. Which is Rosalie Craig in the West End. Like, what a sing. Mm-hmm. Can we, like, just, mm-hmm. like. She did really well. Just and, credit, because that is not an easy sing. No. At all. And the fact she emotionally got to being alive every night and cried. Like, I was. Wow. Eight, six, 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 like six hours away from the front, and you could see the tears. Yeah. Almost streaming down her face and during being alive because she was so invested in that moment. Yeah. It was beautiful. Inter- it's, it's an interesting switch, that it gender, is. That gender it thing. Is. It absolutely We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. And then. Anticipation uh, is killing me. Right. Um, and then we also have uh, the recent Tony winning actress, Katrina Lenkin. Lincoln? Lincoln? Lenk. Lenk. Uh, like playing Bobby, uh, who, she will be playing Bobby in the in the Broadway revival, also starring Patti Lapone. And, and who? Uh, what did she? What did she win? The band's visit. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic! Yes, that's so interesting because um, one of the uh, they're not a kid anymore. One of my stage door 
Are uh, they in folks? it? Yeah. He's Itai, was also in the band's visit. Okay. Katrina Lake. And now he's, he's in company? He's in company. Who's he playing in company? Is he one um, of the boyfriends? Yes. He's either playing, well, he's either playing Paul or what is now PJ. You mean like the one on another who just got off of the train? No, or the one that, or the one that leaves. The uh, thank uh, oh. getting married. Okay, Jamie. Playing, Jamie. Playing, yeah, Jamie. Jamie or Paul. Jamie or Paul. Gotcha. He's he's in the the gay relationship <laughs> that is now evident in the it's so revival. Great. It's 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 a hysterical Which is scene. Great. It's so good. I. <laughs> Right? It totally works. I love works. that it's got so many layers. I mean, you have, you know, the the gayness of it. Yes. But then you also have the Jewish and the Catholic. Yes. It's fantastic. So good. It's yeah. so good. Um, uh, yeah. Other notable Joannes we've had, uh, uh, besides Elaine Stritch, include Patti Lapone. Yes. Who's now, de- who, who now who's really like, she's kind of come through and taken over certain roles throughout Broadway history, like Mama Rose. Mama she's ta- Rose. She's tackled that one. Um, she did Evita. She, yeah, and now she's, she's come on and tackled Joanne. She and also did Mrs. Lovett. Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. Like she's done a lot of great Sondheim roles and this is really well, the pinnacle. But most of them came later in her life. Yeah. Like she's a, she's come to them later. Yes. Which is great. Yes. This is exactly the time she should be coming to them. Yes. And God bless Patti LePone. Have uh, you started listening to the audiobook yet, Autumn? I know. Mac, when do I have time for audiobook? When you're driving to and from Muskoka. Which is rare lately because I'm... Um, other notable joins besides Patty Lapone include Deborah Monk mm-hmm. and Barbara Walsh. And Lynn Redgrave. Lynn Redgrave. That is true. I did leave like her off the Lynn list. Lynn Redgrave. Which production did she do? She did... Let me tell you. I'm looking at the... The Wicked. Kennedy Center in 2002 with John Barrowman. Oh, there you and go. And Alice Ripley as Amy. Alice Ripley of Next to Normal. Oh, absolutely. Bay. She was Amy. That's a bit. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. The one that would have been really interesting to see would have been this one with um, Boyd Gaines. Yes, the 1995 revival with Deborah Monk. Yeah, with Deborah Monk. Yeah. But Robert Westenberg, who was yeah, the uh, prince. The wolf yeah. And the prince. As and, Harry. Uh, the brother in uh, Secret Garden. Yeah. <laughs> but you have uh, Jane Krakowski. Jane Krakowski. You have Lachance, who uh, did a magnificent star turn in Once on this Island. There you go. Like, that just sounds amazing. Charlotte DuBose. Yeah. Like, just, just There's a, an amazing... There's a great cast. Like, this show brings out a lot of great actors. Because it's an actor's play. It is. It, it really is. But all of Sondheim's are actors' Well, plays. exactly. That's why people like working yeah. his shows. Yeah. They go, oh. Yeah. I can actually do my work. I can chew on this. Right? This is fun. Um, okay, I'm going to speed through the last bit okay. of this uh, production history because we still haven't gotten to our songs and we're 40 minutes in. Oh so we are we are loving this show. Um, the original production itself was nominated for 12 Tony Awards. It won six, including Best Musical, Best Book for George Firth, Best Direction for Hal Prince, and Best Score and Lyrics for Sondheim. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But no acting. They didn't win for anything for acting, even though they were nominated. Wow. Um, as you talked about, the musical's gone to see major revivals, including the 1995 Broadway um, production, the Kennedy Center production, the 2006 revival, the 2011 New York Philharmonic, uh, which included Neil Patrick Harris, Stephen Colbert, John Cryer, and Patti LuPone. 
And then, of course, there's been the latest London revival that's now coming to Broadway that features a female Bobby, Bobby with an I versus a Y, in Sondheim praised this change and wrote an, and rewrote a number of the songs to fit this new yeah, it did. show. Uh, and it won a numerous Olivier Awards, including Best Musical Revival and Best Supporting Actress for Patti LuPone. And so maybe it, a, it will win... Uh, oh, I guarantee you it will be winning... amount of Tony Awards. It will definitely be nominated, and I... Hoping Patty Punk can win her third Tony uh, uh, for Best Supporting Actress as so Joanne. Um, I, I guarantee you, Mary Nellett will be nominated for Best Actress at the Tonys for this. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. If she's not, I'd be very surprised. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's it for production history. Okay. A little bit long. We have to trim a bit, but yeah. No, this was this is good. People will listen to this. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, Autumn, why don't you tell us how you came to this show? Um, <laughs> you know what? I've known the show for a very long time. Okay. I haven't known the show. I saw it first when I was a kid, like probably 12 or 13. Okay. They did it at the community theater group that I was involved Perfect. in in Oshawa. Um And since then, I mean, I, I know being alive, like that yeah. is like just a, a such a... Uh, go to yes whether it be sung by any countless mm-hmm. people it's just mm-hmm. such a beautiful Patti LuPone that's a great rendition of yeah. the song she does so her concerts so does Bernadette Peters yes like staggering she'd staggering. make a great Julian as Bernadette Peters yeah she would she really would I love I love Bernadette mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> sorry we're just giving Sarah directives <laughs> You wouldn't even know she's here. She's no. been so silent. She's waiting for her big moment to come she's, on and do her I, one her, I know. her one line. I thought it might come out. For Godot. She's waiting for Godot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Beautiful. Um, okay, so like you've known all the songs. You, you've see, you've seen it in community theater. Yeah. Have you seen like a big professional production? No. Or is this going to be a show you have to travel down to New York to see with your I'd stage like door? To, actually, I'd, well, I'd, if you're going to go, let me know. We may have to I do a know. pilgrimage. To see I this. know. I, I would like to see it, actually. Uh, very much. Okay. Very much. We will have to look into seeing if maybe we can make it down mm-hmm. for that. We will take a look. Okay. Um, okay. So. Um, you? Yeah, for How me. How did you first come to it? Well, I came to it when I was reading the book Finishing the Hat. Oh, of course. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I've kind of seen a few YouTube videos of songs, but not. I don't really paid attention to it. What? <laughs> Hadn't caught me yet, but it is his favorite. It, it is. Great. It it's is coming. It is. Um. So first, I, I read that whole chapter, and then it was they were doing the screening at Cineplex of the concert with Neil Patrick Harris and Patti LuPone. Oh, great! So uh, my friend and I went out and saw it, and we died laughing, especially during the um, "Not Getting Married Today" sequence because, uh, oh, what's her name, Kate Finnegan? Yes. Played it, or, 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 or sorry, no, it's not Kate Finnegan. It's a uh, Katie F- Fernand. Hold on, I will. Finneran, 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 Finneran played Amy in that, and she was hysterical. Um, so she did. So I watched that, loved it. I went back and rewatched the Raul Esperanza um version where they all played their instruments because that came out around the same time as that Sweeney Todd production did, where they also played all their instruments. It was kind of the hit thing to do back in the day in the mid 2000s was have your actors play their instruments yeah you know save money <laughs> i know don't pay an orchestra multitask right that's exactly it 
and then everyone did it. Yeah. It literally... It kind of killed it. Uh, it, yeah. it. It killed that I'm fad like, very quickly. Just come up with another idea. Yeah. Even if it's terrible, just something new. Right? Um, and then I was lucky enough last fall... Uh, when I was visiting London to take in an evening performance of yes. Bobby, or company, with the female Bobby, played by, Rosalie, Bobby. Played by Rosalie Craig and yeah. starring Peggy Lapone, who, so and that's good. where she signed my memoir. I love that. That's and I got the story. whole cast to come out and um, sign on my program, but I saved my oh, book for Patty Lapone. Yes. It was a cold night, but I stood out there and waited patiently. For a that. cold London night. It I was. Can only imagine. It was a cold. Well, it, 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 they're the yeah. worst. It, cold it, London it, nights are the worst because they're so damp. It was like mid October. Oh. So it was cold, cold, cold mid October. Yeah. Um, so we did that. Uh, and then that's it. Um, I love the show now that I've delved into it. It tugs at my heartstrings every time. Every time. Uh, beautiful show. Uh, let's now get into our top three songs of the Ooh, show. Because we're up to that point in the show now. Oh my goodness. Uh, Autumn, what is your first song in the um, roster? Well, my first song has to be Being Alive. My number one as well. Somebody hold me too close. Somebody hurt me too deep. Somebody sit in my chair and ruin my sleep and make me aware of being alive, being alive. Somebody need me too much. Somebody know me too well. Somebody pull me up short and put me through hell and give me support for being alive make me alive make me alive make me confused mock me with praise let me be used I think you might have a very similar top three. Yeah, I think we probably will. Um, I just, I like it because it's, uh, it's humane. Yes. Like it's, and the show is not humane. No, it isn't. <laughs> well, the show is very robotic and cerebral. It's, it is. It's very much looking in on the world versus interacting with yeah. that world. It's, and this is the moment where Bobby breaks that wall. It is a highly performative musical. Yes. And it's like going to... A gala and watching mm -hmm. everyone who goes to galas all the time yep. interact with one another. Yes. It's like this, it's it's like an act all yes. the time. And they're so miserable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I put an expletive in there, but you didn't hear it. <laughs> um, I feel like it's just it. They're just miserable. They're yeah. absolutely... Well, they're kind of just meandering through married life. I mean, the only one I think actually have a really good relationship is um 
the one he gets high with. Um, oh. What are they? Who are they? It's um, um, is it Peter and Jenny? It might be Peter and Jenny. I think it's Peter and Jenny because it's Sarah and Harry are the karate couple. Right. You have Susan and Peter. Hold on. No. Yeah, Susan Sarah and Harry. Susan and Peter. Jenny and oh, David. It's Jenny, Jenny and, and David. David. Yeah, and they and um and they have a great relationship with each other because yeah. he goes, she got high for me. She didn't get high for anybody else. She did it for me. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, I believe you guys have a good marriage with your kids. And there's something yeah. really genuine about that relationship. Everything else, it's like you got one couple that's getting divorced but still staying together. Joanne marrying how many times? Larry, Larry and um, Sarah, who are just karate fighting each other and are like jabbing each other nonstop with yeah. being alcoholics and foodies. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, this song, <laughs> like this song, is such a beautiful. It is moment. I mean, it's, it's a searching song, and what is great about this. Is that Bobby is still single at the end of it. He is. Like there's an openness, but yep. there's not a full resolve. No. Which is, a, a God bless you, Sondheim, for not yep. resolving things. No. It ju- it, it in just, a yeah. neat way. It you just, d- you leave us leaving theaters every single time mm-hmm. going, oh, and now what? Yeah. And oh, I can tell you as, as like the single guy here. Like, oh, the song hits me all the time, especially with the somebody hold me too close, somebody force me to care. Yeah. Like, somebody uh, uh, like make, make me, me come, come through. through. I'll uh, always be there as frightened as you. To make me aware of being alive. Yeah. It's, and it's such a great euphemism for being in a relationship is being alive and just I, living. Sometimes. Yeah. If you're right, with the right person. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> it's very much the opposite. Uh, sometimes. They're, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, and they drive right? you the other way uh, and kind of make you dead inside. Um, or wanting to, you know, yeah. not be alive. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. it is. That, and it's interesting. Like, even in that song, it mm-hmm. is somewhat satirical. Like, yeah. the fact that you need someone else to complete you. Yes. Uh, sure. Yeah. I guess, but I think, you know, it's funny. I I look at my relationships Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, it was finally the moment when I met the love of my life sitting right over there, Sarah. Uh, I I had accepted that I would Mm -hmm. be okay alone. Mm. And then in she waltzed. There you go. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's that, it's that. Well, you need to find that inner peace. Yeah, need, and go, I'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. I will... You need to know yourself and find that inner peace before yeah. you are ready. That's right. And, and that's what Bobby finds. Yeah. Because there's that... Is, yeah. It's great. Which is great. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, whatever happens to Bobby... Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe they will be alone. And that's okay, too. Yeah. Like, and... Well, there... Yeah, well, exactly. It all, comes, it all stems from that moment of where Joanne propose, proposes having an extramarital affair... To How does Bobby. that work? How does that work in the new revival? So what they've done is Joanne now sees Bobby as the 2.0 version of her. So what she does is she offers up Larry when he's off to go pay the check as saying like, I'm going out to my spin class. Larry will certainly sleep with you. 
because she's always trying to get away from Larry, right? That's part of the running relationship of them is like every year she packs her bags and yet he stays. And she kind of pawn, she offers to pawn Larry off on Bobby saying like, it's you, okay. You take him. You take him. Like you're the new hot version that, that, that was me. And which is a really neat idea that like, because it's a female Bobby that you can see the 2.0 version that Julian sees like the other version of her. Cause they are very similar. Um, they are. They're both very <clears throat> assertive. Yes. Like so. So it's very interesting where it's a whole idea of, of like the woman seeing the younger version of herself, being like, "I'm stepping back, and you can take my husband." And Bobby not being okay with that because she goes, "Well, like, who, well, like, who am I going to look after if, if Larry's coming?" So interesting. To be, honest, I know some people uh. didn't like that, but I, like, I really liked it. I thought that really worked because it added a layer to that scene. Because I always found when it was a male Bobby and Joanne just proposing sex to him, there wasn't that same drive as... I think it'd be interesting if Joanne offered herself up. Could be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're so... And this is something I really wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. Instead of offering the man, like, what if, Mm -hmm. you know, a female-to-female relationship... Yeah would offer something different. Right. And maybe that's what Joanne wanted. Mm -hmm. And I wonder why they were afraid of that. I think it's, it's, I think, I think it's because you can go so far with Firth's work. Cause Firth died. Right. So there's only so much you can change now because he's dead. But the the original content was about Joanne. Oh, that's true. Uh, That's true. So I mean, him, him. right. Yeah. So I guess you could have kept that moment. Why should that? Why? It's true because there is a really weird. Lesbians, I think. Mm. Well, they're also I think sort of, that's it. <laughs> We're very intimidating. Well, it's also it's a really interesting moment where they changed that moment, but they didn't change at the end of Act One where um, Jamie or um, Amy in the original yeah. version um, has chased away Paul and Bobby proposes, let's get together and they'll leave us alone. That's the one part of the show in the new version that I didn't like because when Bobby, female Bobby, proposes this to gay Jamie, I'm like... You know he's gay. Why make that proposal? That doesn't work. No. Versus. This is not that show. What is that show with uh, Deborah? Messing? This is not Will and Grace. Yeah, no, this isn't Will and Grace. This is not a settling moment. Yeah, and and that settling moment doesn't work as well as it does when it's a male- like to male me, to female. there are it, just dramaturgical things in the with a, a female Bobby that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that is, that's one of them. I, yeah. I love the fact that it is a female Bobby mm-hmm. and she is, um, there's a lot you, you get know. into with, with a female Bobby, like the whole idea of a 35 year old woman who is well, working and why is it, why isn't she married and having kids? Like she's in well, the prime of that time of her life to do that. It's something ingrained in mm-hmm. women's brains, excuse yeah. me, that, you know, we have to get our our life is dominated, mm-hmm. uh, and our measure of success is dominated mm-hmm. by the fact. Still, even yeah. in even in this year, twenty twenty, mm-hmm. by the fact that if we have not been married to a man, yeah, and uh, uh, like bore children into this world, procreated, we have not Lived. we have not succeeded mm-hmm. at our job. Yeah, and so the fact that. You know, she is um, searching to settle mm-hmm. 
I, I have problems with it. It's really I interesting. Have problems they with get it. into that type of idea in the TikTok ballet, where instead of it just being a sex number, it's now become a nightmare dream for Bobby, where she sees the monotony of married life repeated, where she gets married, she has one kid, she has two kids, and it's just this repetitive track that they have going on and but it's, it it's great ha- it doesn't have to be like some people choose it they mm-hmm. want that yeah absolutely some i don't people. know like uh, it's so complicated i don't know if it, it's a societal want that's been ingrained in them absolutely well or if they actually want it right leave yeah. it to beaver era that we means. but we haven't moved out of that no well because well, we idealize that type of life with the white picket fence the two kids but it the doesn't dogs, exist the no, well, it's, it it, it's that dangling carrot for the world, right? Yeah. Come chase this idealized thing we've built up in the media. Well, it's it's something that people deem as normal. Yes. And God forbid we are anything but normal. Well, there's that great show Next to Normal, right? That explores yeah. that problem. Uh, one fast fact before we move on from being alive. Yes. Uh, is that this was the third attempt at writing the climactic ending of the show. Really? Yes. Uh, the first draft of the of company had Bobby and Amy actually getting together at the end. So oh. tying back to the end of Act 1 where Bobby and Amy don't get together and she goes off and marries Paul. In the original first draft, the end of the play had Amy and Bobby getting together and a song was written called A Multitude of Amy's where Bobby is trying to woo Amy with this right. song. Right. And that was the original idea for the ending of the show. Mm-hmm. But right. they and then they then they tried um, "Marry Me a Little" as the ending of the show, which is a great song. But I don't think it ends the show. Um, no, it's it's not. It's it's too in flux. Well, yeah, because Bobby hasn't grown into. No. Uh, Bobby is still trying to figure out relationships. Um, and well, and Bobby's relationship to him or herself. Yes, exactly. But then being right. alive is the one that they hit the nail on the head. Where it's yeah, I like it coming in so yeah that is my number one your number one what is your number two ladies who lunch that is my number two as well i'll drink to that here's to the girls who stay smart aren't they a guess rushing to their classes in optical art wishing it would pass Another long, exhausting day, another thousand dollars, a matinee, a pinter play, perhaps a piece of Mahler's, I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. Here's to the girls who play wife, aren't they too much? Keeping house but clutching a copy of life Just to keep in touch The ones who follow the rules And meet themselves at the schools Too busy to know that they're fools Aren't they a gem? <laughs> um so yeah this is 
one of the greatest 11 o'clock numbers to ever grace it's the genius. stage. Genius. It's, it's interesting because it's because it, it's it's an opposite song where it's both envy and wishing on Joanne's part where she is hates these ladies who lunch, but at the same time she is wanting to be part of that world because um she, as she says, like I'm too young for the old people and I'm too yeah, sorry. I'm too young for the old people, and I'm too old for the younger generation. She's middle aged. She's middle aged, and she's it's a horrible place to be, Matt. I can't. I can't know. say I know that uh, yet in my life. I but can. There I you can go. say it with great confidence. Right. It's it's a difficult place mm-hmm. because it's a a time when your body, everything is switching, mm-hmm. and you're tired. Yeah. Like you're just bloody tired. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you want to change the world before yep. you get to be too old. Right. And you see it not changing. And that's mm-hmm. really hard. I show my mom this song. Yeah. And she goes, I get it. She And she totally got the, the lyrics of the song where it's, here's to the ladies who lunch. Everybody raise a glass. Like going out. And they wear a hat. They wear a hat. Like, like, they, like they go around thinking they're fat. They go to a matinee. They, a pinter play. A pinter play. Not just a matinee, but a pinter play, yeah. something so incredibly erudite. Yes. Right? Right? <laughs> and it's so yeah, great. Like I'll take in betrayal this afternoon. Exactly. And and it's and what's neat about the song too is it mirrors Bobby as well. Because both of them are people who are looking onto a world that they can't get into. Yeah, they can't access. And they're wishing that they could. Well, yeah, and it's also about status. Like, yes. um, you know, a lot of people just want to be something other than what they were Bingo. born into, which is what we're talking about. No, what a lovely war, yes, right? It is. This idea of changing your destiny. Yes. And how do we how do we do that? Mm-hmm. And I think we always want that grass is you greener. know we see yeah. the, the greener grass. Mm-hmm. Well, it's well, it's one of the reasons why Joanne <laughs> keeps getting remarried three times. But Larry yeah. is the one who loves her, who truly loves her because yeah. the whole thing of, because he has the great line of, I'm the only one who gets to see the real Joanne. You yeah. get to see the facade, Joanne, who is this brass Elaine Stritch facade. But I get to go see her when she's home and out when the makeup's off and you see how vulnerable yeah. she is as a person. And how that, that is terrifying. Absolutely. Like to. And that's about someone knowing themselves enough. Yes. To get to that place of letting mm-hmm. somebody else in so yeah. they they can be vulnerable. But right? I don't know if Joanna's there. I don't think Joanna's there. I think she wants she's searching for external answers mm-hmm. rather than the internal mm-hmm. answers. And that's what makes her one of the greatest tragic characters yeah. in the musical theater canon. Yes. Like she's She's middle-aged and still lost and doesn't yeah. know who she is. Well, she's kind of Bobby's ah. like ghost of, 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 of future, right? Where he has to look at her and go, I don't want to be that. Yeah. And, and, and that's what drives him to ultimately say, who am I going to look after? Like, because yeah. I, 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 he goes, it's great somebody's going to take care of me, but like, who do I take care of? And she goes, yeah. you just opened the door. That's being closed to me and closed to you for a very long time and it's never going to close for you again you've now opened that world and you got to step through 
you got to commit. Yep. As it were. Exactly. <laughs> and fun fact about this song is, do you know the reason why Sondheim wrote so many uh, rises at the end of the song? Because so he can move into dies. Doesn't she move into die at the end of this? No. Oh, everybody sounds, rise, rise. It sounds like she moves into dies. It's rise, but it does sound like dies. It does but sound like dies. Sondheim oh, wrote wow. rise because he wanted the audience to stand up. He wanted that number to be a communal rise and be a group. Well, and to self-efface. Yes. And go, look at yourself. Yes. Who actually are you? Right. You upper middle class. But I bet you no one stood because they didn't understand that it they was don't. about them. They don't. And, and people still what, don't stand for the song. No, that they all, is what yeah. sets Sondheim apart. Yeah. He's taking the piss out of these people yeah. and they don't even get it. <laughs> like they don't, he's roasting them. Yeah. All of these people with their expendable money yeah. on Broadway. Yes. Let's go see five Broadway shows in two days. Yes. And he's taking the piss out of them. Yeah. And they don't get it. Right? I think that is the most genius but you are thing about it, right? But you are. It, 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 it is. It is. a very interesting fact that you do bring up that when she says "rise" at the end, it does sound like "dies." It does, and I listen Everybody to it this dies, dies, rise, rise. Like it has. It has that. It has that same I sound. I swear, Patty Lapone on the new Broadway recording moves into dies. So here's to the girls on the go. Everybody tries. Look into their eyes and you'll see what they know. Everybody dies. A toast to that invincible bunch. The dinosaurs surviving the crunch. Let's hear it for the ladies who lunch. I have to look at it again. But Sarah and I listened to it today and it sounded like she moved into dies, didn't it? Mm. Sarah concurs. There you go. You didn't hear her. Mm. Must be true. Must be true. Must be true. Uh, so that's number two. For that's both number of us. two. So that's what is great. your number three? This one's this one's this hard. was the tricky one for me too. This was the one where it's like, who gets to go on and who and, who, and who's ultimately going to make the list? You want to know what mine is? Yeah. Another Hundred People. Oh, I love that song. It's a city of strangers. Some come to work, some to play. A city of strangers. Some come to stare, some to stay. And every day, some go away. Or they find each other in the crowded streets and the guarded halls. Dusty trees with the batted marks. And they walk together, press the poster walls with the cool green 
And another hundred people just got off of the train. And another hundred people just got off of the train. And another hundred people just got off of the train. Another hundred people just got off of the train. Right? It's I a love it's another song. layered song, and I'll break it down here for it us. It is. Yes. So it's catchy and it does capture New York, but it's like a train. It, it's a subway train. Well, and that's what and that's what and that's where musically Sondheim shows off because you have the um I wrote it down here. Cause Seth Rudetsky, once again, the great Seth Rudetsky, who love talked Seth about Rudetsky. it in, in um Merely Roll Along's episode, he did a great breakdown of this song as well, where he points yeah. out musically what's going on where you have things like the hustling theme played on the synth and the strings in the opening. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately it sounds like that driving of people moving along. And then halfway through the brass come in and you start getting the company theme underneath with the bum 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 which is great. And it's all underscore. And then ultimately the strings change halfway through from being this, the um the the train sound to being all of a sudden legato with the do 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 right and it's just that ebb and flow that that comes when you're walking down the street right yeah oh it's so good and the lyrics they're so smart they are good because they reflect first of all what's going on with every relationship he's having like whether it's um what's her name leaving New York to head back to the Midwest. That's right. And get married and settle down. Mm-hmm. Or you have the, <laughs> the poor flight attendant one. Um, April. Oh, Barcelona. Yeah, we're going to get to that oh. song. Frick. Oh. Um, uh, but you have like April sitting in the park too, just having kind of meandering through not the smartest cookie. And then you have, what's her name? The one who actually sings the song. Mar- is it Marta? Uh, Kathy. Kathy. It's Kathy. Yeah. Kathy who has oh, the great line Kathy, about... Yeah. About being uptight versus open. <laughs> and how Bobby is the uptight, oh, clenched uh, physical part of the body. We won't say what it is. You have to watch the scene to find out. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's and it's got fantastic uh, triple rhymes as well. Oh. All throughout the song too. Like here, let me put the lyrics so we can find some of the really good ones. Another hundred people. I love that he calls them guarded parks. Which is true. They are. It's very true. Okay, here we go. So, here we go. So, great example of the guarded parks. So, can find each other in the crowded streets and the guarded parks by the rusty fountains and the dusty trees with the battered barks. And they walk together past the poster walls with the crude remarks. So there you go, the three rhyme right there. Or you have, um, yeah. let's see, what's another good one? And, and they meet at parties of the friends of friends who they never know. Will you pick me up or do I meet you there? Shall we let it go? Do you have a message? Because I looked in vain. Can, can we see each other Tuesday if it doesn't rain? I'll look. I'll call you in the morning and my service will, will explain. explain. So there you go, another three and it's interesting because he's also going through three different relationships during this mm-hmm. sequence. Yeah. So it's the on top he's, of layer, he's, layer, he's layer. Just, he's a, a satirist. He's yes. Be, his intelligence is beyond all of us. Yes. And this song, I love it. Fun fact: was originally written for the original Kathy Donna McKechnie after she wowed Sondheim in her audition because Sondheim didn't have a role for her, but he's like, she was so good in the audition, I had to yeah. 
You had to make something. I had to make something for her. And oh, I love that. Way to so go, Donna McKechnie. Right? It's such a great song. Yes. Like, you know what? Is that going to be your number three? I'm, I'm going to go with you on that. Okay. I'm going to so go with go. you because I've always loved that song. It's, How can it, you not? There, it's, well, it's, there's also something being, there's something hopeful, yep. yet also something incredibly lost about it. Well, lost, especially when it comes to right after what's her name leaves to head back to Northwest and the that's lyrics right. changed and it's all about somebody leaving. Yeah. Like it's, right. um, well, hold a second here. What are the lines here? Um, do, do, do. In, in the city of strangers, some come to work, some to play in the city of strangers, some come to stare and some to stay. And every day, some go away. That's right. Cause it changes there. Cause, and then it jumps back to, uh, but then in the first, I think verse, Marta sings this. No, it's, uh, it's Kathy. I am 99. Hold on. Let me. Well, Wikipedia. Let me confirm. You are incorrect this time. Let me confirm. Uh, no, it has to be Kathy because it's Donna McKechnie. No. Marta is the one that leaves. Hold on. Let me. No, Marta's hip and vulgar loves New York, one of Robert's girlfriends. According let's... to the Wikipedia site. Let's read this description here. Um, Ivy League, Guitar Person Crazy. Uh, Robert meets his three girlfriends, and Marta, you're right, Marta does it sing. Marta. So there you go. Who Mar loves, who loves. So Marta is not Donna McKechnie. So, uh, no, it's so not Donna McKechnie. Pamela Myers. Pamela Myers, yeah. There you go. Well, that makes sense because Kathy does the TikTok ballet dance, and that's more McKechnie mm -hmm. versus. Mm -hmm. versus that so there you go slight slight change there we caught it before we published the episode Woohoo! well done i love us. that well done okay okay three songs you don't like i got three what do you got i'm sure i have many okay my number one is barcelona oh brutal. i hate yeah i'm song. with you on that where are you going barcelona oh don't get up do you have to? Yes, I have to. Oh. Don't get up. Now you're angry. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Put your things down. See, you're angry. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. It just uh, drags and it's repetitive. And the only good part comes at the Diana, very end. Barcelona. Stay. No. No. It just goes back and forth. And I think it'd be, it's a really much a directing challenge to make this number work. And the only good moment comes at the very end where April um, decides to stay. And she's Bob, a flight attendant. She's right? the one who's flight attendant, who's not the smartest, who has the story about the cocoon. In the butterfly. That's right. And actually, this scene is really funny when they do it in with the female Bobby because the female Bobby's now become the aggressor in the scene where she really wants to sleep with Andy, aka April. And he's just talking about this cocoon and this butterfly trying to be sincere. And she's like, get your damn shirt off, get your pants off. I just want to like bed is you. Is he a flight attendant? Yes. Or sorry, no, he's a pilot. They made him a Why? pilot. Why? Again, it's so irritating. Lynn, uh, Lynn Slotkin, our, our no. friend Lynn Slotkin, did not like that they made him a pilot. That's wrong. They should have just made him a flight attendant. Why couldn't they? Like, right? talk about gender bias. Yes. 
Because you would think of the a, a pilots can be way smarter as a flight attendant. Yes, making fun of that. Profession. Oh, but I and I was gonna. I'm so glad I asked you. But the man gets to be the pilot. Everybody, yeah. let's just put that in check for mm-hmm. a moment. So I don't want to see it now. I I love you, no, Patty. No, you need to see it. No, you need I don't to see to. it because the irritated. rest of it's great. And the fact that Bobby's the aggressor in this scene and is driving to, to have this sexual relationship yeah, with but the, that them, drama, and it works. It works. The it really works. that's wrong. I just I can't get behind that. <laughs> And I can't get behind that uh, Joanne sells off her husband. <laughs> I like just you need to see it on stage. Be a lesbian. You need to see like, it on stage. It drives me a little batty. <laughs> Sometime I'm expecting better from you. Oh, Maybe boy. I don't know. Okay. Uh, uh, what's your number one then? Yeah, I'm going with that. Barcelona. Now that you've said that. Oh, I don't want to ruin it for you. It's it's a great scene. It really does work. Yeah, it's um, fine. The next one I have is someone is waiting. Someone will wake me, sweet as Amy, tender and foolish as Sarah, Joanne. Did I know her? Have I waited too long? Maybe so. Maybe so has she. Which, I mean, you have a lot of Bobby solos. And if you're yeah. going to rank like Being Alive, Marry Me a Little, yeah. and Someone is Waiting. Someone is Waiting comes at the bottom of that list for me because I just yeah. find it kind of, someone is waiting, dude, where he's just yeah. vying for his friend's partners. And it's kind of creepy yeah. that way where it's like, buddy, like, don't be vying for like your friend's spouses. Like, it's kind of icky. Yeah. You know? It's it's like, yeah, it, it kind of makes you question and go, Bobby, why are you with all these people? Like, are you just trying to work your way into stealing away their partners? Like, what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get on the other level where it's like Baba, Bob, Bob, Baba, Bobby trying to Bobby. wish, tr- trying, trying to wish, saying, I wish I had someone who is like a Sarah, like an April, like a Amy. Or there is that level of it, but I just go. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. It's it's, it's not it's not my favorite. And if I'm gonna skip one of Bobby's uh, solos, this will be the one that I'm kind of like, okay, give me just get me to something else. Uh, yeah. My second one is Poor Baby. Honey. Yes. Bobby. What? I worry. Why? It's such a waste. Mm. There's no one. In her life, oh. Bobby ought to have a fella. Poor baby, so unfair. Nothing left to do except to wash her hair. Maybe I should call her just to don't go there. Poor That one, I thought it would have been on my list, but I like what they did in the new version, See, where it's now the men singing. Yeah, I yeah. can't stand that. I See, I prefer it with the women singing mm. because it's more it's kind of maternal. Yeah, fine. If we're going to like look at females in relationships and what we expect of mm. them, 
and do that. Now it's just misogynistic. I differ on that. I think it's really, really yeah. For me, like I watched mm-hmm. it and I went, it's fascinating because there's that there's that weird euphemism that like guys will try and marry someone like their mother and girls will try and marry someone like their father, right? And it's that whole thing of this parental thing and it, and it ties back to that other song of like someone is waiting where like she's wishing she could have someone like, like because in, in the new verse she's singing about the men that she's wishing she could have. And there's a weird, there was a weird correlation in my head that when I watched it, I went, fascinating. That's what, that's what made poor it's, baby it's work for me that time. It's all just a little creepy. Like, it is. It is. Like it totally is. But for baby. some reason, it worked. It worked for uh, me when I saw it in the revival with the men now seeing it. I guess it. it points out the original intent yeah. is to make fun of the upper middle class. Yes. So you can totally see a bunch of erudite men singing yeah. this to a woman. Right. There, there's but, something really interesting about uh, it. Like, I just, uh, and they uh, think they're liberal-minded, but yes. they're actually not no. at all. Absolutely it's not. It's just gross. Yeah. Uh, but for I'm me... Going, I'm going. I'm going. All right. Are that. you sticking with poor baby? Fair yeah. enough. Uh, my last one is side by side slash what would we do without you? What would we do without you? How would we ever get? 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 I like the song, yeah. but it goes on for too long, especially if, with the dance. If you get rid of it, though, you'll never have side by side by Sondheim. Right? <laughs> like, for me, I go, if we could trim a few verses, yeah. it would work a lot better because it just it's a very long opening to act two. And because this is a non-plot show, yeah. after a while, you kind of sit there and go, 
why am I watching this? Like where, like, like all the other scenes add something to that growth. This one really doesn't. Yeah, it's just kind of I like agree. another rebrand version of Company, where it's Bobby interacting with all these married people, going like, "What will we do without you? How could we ever get through? What would I do for hours?" Do 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 do. Yeah, and it's kind of like okay, it works okay. for the first few times, but then it just goes on and on. Yeah. And mind you, that could represent the monotony of. Them being with married friends and it's kind of the same. Well, and that's my overall feeling of yeah. this musical because I actually get it. <laughs> uh, I it drives it could drive a person crazy. Do 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 do. I yeah, the, yeah. It, like it's so repetitive, mm-hmm. Bobby, and it's like that theme keeps coming back. And then he stops the wheel, right? Where they where, where, before being alive, they have the bama bana. Do, 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 like that same yeah. call and he, he, he yells at them stop and f off basically yeah, and, uh, yeah and, and they call him on it and they're like well okay fine well now what yeah yeah what do you think you're yeah, yeah how do you know yeah like come on like tell figure us. it out bobby like like yeah, uh, uh, they're challenging yes you. they're being dicks a little bit they are they are but mind you sometimes you need your like sometimes you need your friends to be dicks to push you i guess to that Next step. It's not my favorite point, but yeah. in my <laughs> <laughs> no, but like mind you, I've had my friends sometimes push me and go, you know what? Like, just do it. Already. Do it. Stop talking about it. Yes, and mind you, like my I, I that's what I, that's what was great about my roommates in first year university. Shout out to you, Will and Ben, who continually ribbed me and forced me to come out of my room and socialize and be out there. And look at you now, Matt. I know. Look at me now. Look Still single. <laughs> Hasn't changed that much. You know what? You will find the right person. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Wait Someone for the is right waiting. Person. Don't go. Yeah. Don't, don't go through the wrong people. <laughs> Wait for the right one. Although it's a journey. I it guess. is. It absolutely is. And everybody's it's a on journey. That. Yeah. Okay. So. That's that. <laughs> yeah. Do you have another third choice, Autumn, for um, a song that you like to skip or no, move I, away I from? Side by side. I, side I'll, by side. I'll stick with you on that. I, okay. I mean, you know, the, the it is the Bobbies. All the Bobbies. I'm uh, like, oh, uh, okay. Are we done now? Guess goes. Yeah. Yeah. Side by side. It's kind of like, okay. Side by 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 side. Yeah, it just goes a, and goes. Uh, and goes. I, I, there's, uh, there's only two sides of me. Yeah, like the uh, one really. I'm a Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sarah didn't even laugh at that. I guess oh, it was very punny. Oh dear. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. yeah, and in the review mm-hmm. of it, ugh. No, I know, right? I'm like, why couldn't you like call it Sweeney Todd review or something? <laughs> right? I don't know something. So, Merrily, uh, we didn't roll along <laughs> the trials and tribulations of being Stephen Sondheim. Love it. Even better. Yeah. Okay. That's that. Now we're on to the big question. Does this musical still have a place today in musical theater or should it be revived? I mean, everyone keeps reviving it, so yeah, obviously it's, there's something. It's coming <laughs> back to Broadway, spring 2020 with Patti LuPone. Um, it's going to open in a few weeks, actually. I mean, I think it's great satire. It is. So I don't think uh, great satire ever yeah. uh, wears out. I just, yeah. I don't know if I agree with the revival mm-hmm. vision of it. 
Fair enough. Um, I just think there needs to be tweaks. I think I think they revived it, mm-hmm. but didn't do due diligence because yeah. they were still afraid of some of the content they could have put in there. Right. Which I'm surprised because Stephen Sondheim it's is very not afraid mm-hmm. of taking risks. And mm-hmm. this seems a little risk adverse. Yeah. So. I will say one yeah. of the things I think why it is perfect for our day and age is because of my generation struggles with intimacy. Because we're all stuck behind our technological Mac is on devices. His phone as he's saying yes, I'm looking why. something up because we do have an announcement from Brody. Um, but that being said, <laughs> I do think that with my generation struggle of yeah. finding relationships and this whole new world that we've opened up with gender fluid, like being gender fluid, and yeah. what are we with relationships? Who are we in the world? Yes, like, I think I think this music school is a really great exploration of that. Plus, also yeah. this is just a great character piece where you could take any scene out of this. Like, give your kids at York the the scene between Bobby, um, Sarah, and Harry. Yeah, and you could totally have some fun with them on that. Mm-hmm. Like, just diving into who are these people? Why are they being so competitive with each other? Well, and we don't know. We don't know how to communicate anymore. Right? Like we, we are lost just, it. we, well, we're constantly hiding. Mm-hmm. Are we are able to structure who we uh, perceive ourselves to be in the world or who we want to be. We're controlling our own destiny when we don't know how to do that. Exactly. And I, that, that goes back to why this is so interesting mm-hmm. and why ladies who lunch is so interesting. Exactly. But it'd be, I think it'd be cool to do it within the realm of the digital age. Oh, absolutely. You could do so uh, much with this. You could have people on screen. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Bobby baby. Like FaceTime. Yeah. Oh. Instead of in person. Like Autumn, you and I could have a lot of fun with that's this. That's where the Multimedia technology Absolutely. It should have gone there. Like, yeah. if you were going to revive this now, it's now you have to look at it through a contemporary lens. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, we're now to the end of this episode. Ooh, ooh. Like, I don't know how long this episode's gone for. Oh, wow. <laughs> an hour an, an hour and 22 so far we're up to. So this is oh, going to be... Oh, that's not bad. That's not too bad, actually. We, we moved it along. Yeah. Um, but uh, we have a quick announcement from Mr. Brody Wells, <laughs> our fantastic music composer he has a single out <laughs> autumn is clapping for you i was clapping um so brody's single is called say la vie and uh it's part of his latest album mm. yes that he has been working on um it's really just fantastic like say la vie is the first single from the wavy flow collaboration an upcoming high power collaborative project with the boston-based Luxury trap producer Wavy Matt, after becoming a dad and returning to the rap scene in 2019 album Father Flozus, Flozus has been learning to cope with the new stresses. C'est la vie captures the attitude that Flozus is bringing into 2020. Uh, wow. Yes, right. He's a very he's a very layered person. I love I love it, Brody. You're fantastic. Um, so yes, he captures his viewpoints in 2020. Uh, Keep your head up, invest in your own, and eventually the talent will speak for itself. Amazing. Yes. Uh, this song, uh, it will be promoted on Instagram via micro ad, uh, video ads. There you go. Uh, Hamilton's own Bay Street is depicted in the teasers. So there you go. So it's a... All Ham- you Hamiltonians out there. Exactly. We know you listen. We know you're out there. Yeah. 
In fact, shout out to Aaron Jan. Yes. Who is currently working on Spring Awakening. There you in go. Hamilton. Well done. We won't talk about that musical anytime soon. No, it's not. I'm it's glad on our you're list. doing it. Yeah. Uh, it's not on our hit list yet. No. Uh, probably. Season eight. <laughs> season eight, episode 101.1. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I think that's basically that's it. Autumn, uh, do you, uh, when the, when this comes out, this will be coming out in... It'll be coming out after. It'll be coming out after Oh, 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 it will have closed too. Oh, really? <laughs> Songs Renewal will be done as well. Songs Renewal so will the, also but, but, be done. By the time Autumn is, this will come out, Autumn will be like on a beach somewhere. I'll be hiding. for hire. Yeah. I'll be for hire. Who knows, Autumn? We have to find another project. Yeah. Um, or not. Or not. For a while. Autumn may, uh, Autumn may just want a break. I might, I might, I might take a break. That's just like I, fair after I, this rigmarole you've gone through these last few months. Yes, it's been epic. Yes. In the Epic. meantime, Autumn, where can they find you if they do want to reach out to you and talk to you about the show? Autumn DM Smith at hotmail.com. Beautiful. You can also like find me, Autumn DM Smith, I think at or Autumn Smith on all social media, Instagram, yep. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Sorry guys, I've not signed up for TikTok yet. There's no me neither. TikTok ballet in my life. Wrap <laughs> uh, in. See that? There you go. Um, how about you over there? Oh, Look. wait. You can also contact me at Littlewood Smith. Bingo. Uh, that mm-hmm. is littlewoodsmith.com. Yep. Uh, that's my company name. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, you can find me at all social media platforms at Mackenzie Horner. You can also find us uh, as a podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Before the Downbeat. You yes. can't miss us. No. Nope. Please sign up, follow, do some posts. Like, just tell us what you think of the episodes on a weekly basis. Did you like this? Did you agree with us? Feel free to get in there and post. We've had some fantastic, wonderful people who interact with us and try and guess the musical on a weekly basis, which is wonderful. Um, but we want to know yeah. how you feel. Please write us a review. Actually, I'm currently working on a survey that will come out at the end end of next week's episode because next week is our final episode of season one and then we'll go on a brief hiatus so autumn can recover from theater in general from theater in general and i can have a bit of a time to start stockpiling episodes for season two we have some cool things planned for you then this has been our penultimate episode of company company side by side 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 by side side side. we are we're side sitting today exactly Um, but other than that, we'll see you all later. Please get out there. Enjoy a piece of musical theater. Do it. Uh, we'll see you soon, everybody. Okay. Ta-ta. Everybody rise. Everybody rise. 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 Rise.